For those of you who have waited patiently, yes, you may say it out loud. Finally, finally, your girl releases the podcast. Thank you so much for being so patient. Ooh, it's been a journey. It's still a work in progress, but hey, it's out there. Uh, to be truly honest, and I'm just going to be raw here and a little spiritual too, but please don't leave because some of you are like, oh no, she's going there. I'm Audi. But no, give me a chance here. I just been struggling with this whole thing. I've been going at it with God. I'm like, I don't want to do this, especially in English. Cause, and I will explain to you why. Because I don't think my English is that great. Uh, I'm bilingual. I speak Spanish, full Spanish and full, well, I believe it's full English. Um, but it's bilingual and by bilingual i don't mean like bilingual but bilingual like see ya bye felicia because i speak in english and i'll forget words and it happens to me in spanish as well i will forget so many words it's embarrassing i'm talking to somebody i'm like how do you say or Como se dice? it's it's horrible and and then when i'm upset i say chair chair with your sister when i mean share uh, but the CH uh, kind of comes out when I'm upset. So I know it's not that great, but I was going at it with God for many other reasons besides the English. Um, but you know what? One day I sat down and I just had this kind of surrender moment. All right, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm here. And I hope this blesses you. Um, I actually started an intro episode about me, but I heard it back and I got so annoyed <laughs> just talking about me. I was like, no, maybe that should come later. So I'm just going to give you a small intro of who I am. I am Suhei, Suhei Zitino. Uh, I have my page. Uh, you can check me out on Facebook, Suhei Zitino, S-U-H-E-Y. It's like, hey, Sue, but the other way around. Um... And then I'm in Mrs. Dot Suhezatino on Instagram. So look me up. And I also have my blog, which is Suhezatino blog Check it out. Uh, give me, leave me a little message. Tell me, hey, girl, I stopped by or something. So I will uh, send you a little message back. Send you some love too. Um, so my husband, like I, I don't know if I said it. Did I say it? But my husband and I, we pastor in um, Middlesex, New Jersey, and our church is called Crucial Church, and it's a small, beautiful, blooming, uh, blossoming community that we just love. Uh, they are a wonderful, wonderful people. And, um, you know, it's growing and it's taking its beautiful time, but we love it. We love every moment of it. We love the people and it's just, oh, it's, it's great. Uh, but that community is only in Spanish. So you can see now again, uh, hello, God, I'm talking, I'm talking in Spanish and for this community. But every time I spoke about these issues, it was mainly with my girls, with my girls, with my Latinx girls. I know I said it, Latinx. Are we using that word? If not, just scratch it. I didn't say it. Okay, erase it from your memory. But for those who knows what I'm, who know, who know what I'm talking about, is um, it's actually the ladies who were born or raised here in America, uh, and it's that community that I'm talking about. Uh, and not not that I'm saying this is only for them. Please, girl, whatever your race, you are all work. You are all welcome, okay. Um, but every time I spoke about the heart and the mind was with my girls. You know, the ones that are living here in this country and speak this language and uh, uh, like this culture. You know, or well, not not so much like but are part of this culture so this is why i'm doing this i hope this blesses you i hope this is uh something that we can talk about uh we can continue to have a conversation about the heart and mind a little bit more about about why i'm doing this your girl right here ha has been 
in therapy or has had therapy since I was 14 years old. Yep. A lot of you didn't know that, right? You're like, what? What's it? Well, when I was 14 years old, I was actually being uh, removed from class um, from ninth, my ninth period. Sometimes it was after school, but usually ninth period. And I was I was picked up by my uh, mentor, counselor or therapist. And I was taken to a group therapy in actually Catholic Charities in Bridgewater. And um, it was it was a great community of friends, although a lot of them were a little scary. I'm like, what am I doing here? But then I learned that <laughs> we were all sick. <laughs> um, I loved the people. I have loved the people that God has surrounded me with. Uh, even this therapist, which I forgot her name. I was 14 years old. But I remember something about her. She would pick me up and she would um, tell me all the time, you know why I pick you up early, Sahay? And I was like, no, why? Because you like talking in the car. I cannot get you to speak in the group as much as when you are in the car with me. So it's those little things, you know, that I thank God for now, you know. Um, and after that, after learning so many tools there and learning how valuable, uh, how valuable is um, uh, just having someone to talk to, I seek help afterwards. And I've had God has surrounded me with amazing counselors and mentors and therapists uh that and, and i'm so grateful for them and one of them and this is the one i'm dedicating this one episode to is my sweet friend mentor counselor kathy huber i love you so much thank you you know kathy is i don't know if you ever seen that um uh, snapchat filter where uh, they open their mouth and it's a rainbow coming out of their mouth kind of love well i feel that's that's how i feel when I speak to Kathy, like life coming out of her of her mouth, you know, it's it's life here, life. You get life, you get life, you get life. Everybody gets life, kind of like Oprah, uh, and it's wonderful. She has such an amazing gift, and I want to dedicate this to her because she has been a blessing to my life. I I don't think I would be able to be where I am right now if I didn't hear to um, her many advices. She was actually, she she gave my husband and I uh, counseling as well together, and she preached in my wedding. So it's a wonderful gift to have her, and this is dedicated to you. Thank you so much for always encouraging me. So yeah, let's get to it. What is your girl talking about in the first place? We're gonna be talking about the heart, the mind, I'm going to include God in all of that because actually he's the one in the middle of all of it. And uh, we're going to do a nice mix there, learn all about it, what the Bible tells us about it as well. Okay, so let's get right into it. Let's go. also forgot to mention that I am currently a psychology student here in Pillar College in Somerset, New Jersey. So holla to my people. <laughs> um, so my counselor did mention that I needed to have a public speaking class, but I can skip that if I show my public speaking skills. So I have to show a video and I thought, why not add this podcast? So it kind of all added together. The timing is perfect for all of this and God is great. And so anyway, let's get into it. And what are we learning today, Suhey? Well, we are learning about complex drama. Say it, complex drama. Ding, 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 ding. You're going to hear this word a lot of times today, but today we are going to be learning. Disclaimer, please. Disclaimer, please. I am learning as well. Okay. I will share what I have learned so far. I am not a therapist. A lot of this is my opinion. Things that I have learned that have helped me during my own recovery and uh, that I hope blesses you as well. So 
leaving that let's continue just so you can you know so hey said it uh, i don't know about that <laughs> I'm, playing. <laughs> I'm playing i really do hope this blesses you okay so we're going to be learning about complex trauma complex trauma what is it how do we eat it no uh how does it affect me i never heard of that word before so hey tell me more about it well gladly i will did you know that 90% of addicts were raised with complex trauma? Ask any therapist, they will tell you, yep, that is 100% true. Physical conditions have been linked to, guess what, complex trauma. Relationship problems, you can go back all the way to, you said it, complex trauma. Mental health issues, complex trauma. If you can cope with stress, complex trauma. Depression? Yep, complex trauma. Now, there is a genetic piece to this, okay? And we are aware of it, and we say it's facts, it's science, it's just what it is. So, if you had a parent who suffered and died from diabetes, then there is a big chance that you will become a diabetic, if you don't take care of yourself, if you are not aware of it, but I will, do, I will say awareness is key because once you know you uh, may be affected by it, then you start taking care of yourself. Same thing with mental health. If your parents suffer, for, suffer from psychotic episodes, uh, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, um, you know, and many other diseases, and then, then you are aware, wait a second, uh, I can become as well a schizophrenic myself. So I, aware, again, awareness is key. But I will say this, and this is another disclaimer, please, if the feelings that you are having are out of control, you cannot control it, you don't know what is going on, please don't just listen to this podcast, get the help, seek the help, go to your doctor, go to a counselor. Go to uh, your mentor, go to your pastor, go to a leader, mentor, counselor, therapist, psychiatrist. Oh, there's so many. There's so much help out there. If you can find it, send me a DM. I will definitely get the help, get you the help or refer you to the help. Now, with that said, going back to complex trauma, ADHD has been tied back to complex trauma, anxiety, attachment disorders, psychotic disorders, narcissistic disorders, phobias. You said it, complex trauma. There is now a big understanding in the psychology world, and there has been light to this, adding to post-traumatic stress disorder, which I think... Um, Complex trauma involves that as well. So there has been a missing piece in psychology. And complex trauma is that missing piece explaining all of it. it. Complex trauma goes a little deeper, goes into our childhood. Okay. And what does it mean? Well, for that, I have to first explain what is a trauma. What do we understand by trauma? It's an event perceived as dangerous, something out of control, something that's, that, that hurts us. You know, it's a danger, danger, danger. There's a trauma going on. You know, our mind goes crazy when we are afraid like that, right? Uh, there's two types of trauma. There's a simple trauma. The one-time event, that car accident, you watch someone getting killed. You know, P PTSD comes from that. You know, there is um, that one-time rape, you know, that losing the grandpa, the grandma, you know, traumatic, something that wasn't expected, you know. Um, and then there is complex trauma. So complex trauma, it's an exposure to multiple forms of danger in a child's life. It's a long period of time where the child is afraid for their lives. They're always on guard. Life is a constant of not feeling safe. I could get hurt today, so I cannot fully relax. You know how scary that is? That is so scary. A child cannot fully relax, always stressing, always alert or on guard there's always two parts to this there's the event of course that the event could be and we're gonna go into uh 
many forms of complex drama. But then there's the perception. There's a child um, who does not care much. And, well, and it's not that they care, not care, but they cope differently. And I will also go into different cope mechanisms later. But Latinos tend to say it like this. And I, oh my gosh, I've seen that meme so many times. It gets me so annoyed <laughs> that they say there were two children. And, and probably you've seen it. You, you know, yeah, I know what you're talking about. There's two children, right? And the, the, they were both raised by an alcoholic dad. The one became an alcoholic and the other one didn't. So it's not who raises you. It's you that you need to blah, blah, blah. It's not, it's not that. It's just that there's the sensitive child, okay? How do you recognize the sensitive child? You ever heard of the black sheep mm -hmm. yeah that one person came to mind that black sheep in the family usually is the addict usually is the one that's um kind of dark the emo child the one that's um uh, you can they have they show so many signs of being hurt or just upset with life that it's easy to catch them um and but and then the other children they they're okay you know, they're coping with life according to them in their normal. But I do believe that in a complex trauma home, everyone is affected. Everyone in different ways, but they are definitely affected. Just that the sensitive child tends to show off more signs. Definitely you can recognize it uh, much easier. Okay, so we are going to go into the many forms of complex trauma, but as we do, I will ask you please to just switch your mind into learning mode because we don't want to I don't want you to get your emotions all involved into this and perhaps because you will recognize some of these um forms of complex trauma in your life you can get emotional and we don't want that we don't want to trigger you i don't want to trigger you in any way this is why i'm telling you let's learn i know that as i was learning i had to pause a few times because a lot of things kind of like whoa that is so me oh this is so me so i was reading the book by pete walker it's about complex trauma and i've also learned from tim fletcher he is a therapist in canada so i mean there is there are many um there is much information about the subject okay but i know i know i know girl that sometimes getting to that information unless you don't have a source that it's coming from or you don't have a person that is referring you all these books it is very difficult to get so i'm here to hook you up i'm here to give you the 411 on complex trauma let's get to it after you have switched into learning mode what is the first form of complex trauma? And that is abandonment, okay? Abandonment. And it's many, 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 many forms. It's not just the parent who left and decided to get a new family, have new children, and forget all about you. It's not just that. But it's also that parent who left you to come to United States when you were three years old, left you home with a grandpa, with a grandma, with strangers, with an uncle, with an aunt. And, um, and although they did bring you when you were 12 years old after they got it together after they got their papers together or whatever um you know and then they come with the guilt trip well i did it for you i did it for a better today i mean a better future for you and blah blah blah, blah and, you know and so the child um has this all all this unresolved issues unresolved uh thoughts in their heads you know because there's always the excuse they did this because they loved me when in reality for the child it felt as if they were being abandoned and in and they were being abandoned the the parent decided to go to work instead of taking care of the child right and this one really surprised me because i didn't see it like that but then as i understood more about it then definitely it is a form of abandonment it, it is Someone in the family passing away all of a sudden, a mom, a dad, a grandpa, a grandma, um, 
the child perceives it as abandonment, especially if the one parent uh, is lost and the mom goes into depression and and is coping with the pain by being absent or withdraws from the child. And definitely the child feels, oh my goodness, I am left alone totally alone and the stress that that causes to a child especially and and you know and 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 he's suffering twice because he sees or she sees the mom crying and then the father being is is dead so you can you can see now how that can feel for a child as abandonment also another form of abandonment a parent in prison um Definitely, you can, you know, there, uh, the child, the parent leaving the home, we said that. So those are forms of abandonment. And if you have a story of abandonment, I would love to hear it. Let's talk about it. Okay, so another form of abandonment. Let's get into this. How are you? Uh, I would love to get your feedback, by the way. Let me know if this is information. And I will let you know why all this information is important and why are we talking about it. I came here to get some anxiety methods, right? Because that's the new trend. That's the new going. That's the new thing that's going on, okay? Everybody is an expert on how to stop their panic attacks, right? Right? We, we have the essential oils. We have the, the breathing exercise and all of the above, right? But this is not what I was expecting. I, I didn't tune in for this. I'm sorry, right? But uh, as I said before, it is definitely something we need to go into to fix the big picture. Okay, another one is negligence. A parent that is absent, a parent that is working 24-7 and does not take care of the child. A, a mom that is focused on so much on the dad, right? Because she has jealousy problems or she's obsessed with the dad and does not care about the children. That is negligence. A parent that does not meet some basic uh, needs as well. That is negligence. Uh, withdrawing from the child because the parent is depressed themselves, you know? Um, I know myself, I am... I'm an introvert, so I discovered that I need to be very aware when I have to withdraw. You know, I have to inform my children, okay, I'm going to go into the room. I'm going to go pray. <laughs> I'm going to go have my devotional. Okay, I need to sleep 15 minutes. I, so I'm letting them know I don't just withdraw because I know that my children can see it as in I did something I, I must have said something. She got upset, and that's why she is withdrawing from all of us. Okay, and sometimes I do sneak out. I'm not going to lie, cause I, but, but I know that um, one time I spoke with uh, my counselor, and he did tell me, this is another counselor, by the way, he did tell me, okay, communication, let's communicate, let's talk about it, you know, don't just withdraw, but I, sometimes they're watching a movie, and then all of a sudden I'm sneaking, and daddy's like, mommy's going to sleep, and I'm like, yes, I am, and in reality, I'm just going to go read a book, and just be by myself, because you need it, right, but then there's the parent who uh, copes by, withdraw uh, by withdrawing, so when the, the parent flees and withdraws all the time, the child feels as if I am being abandoned. It's negligence. You're not taking care of your child. You're not meeting a lot of their needs, okay? So that is another uh, way of complex trauma because the child is felt for a period of time uh, the stress of being abandoned and okay so another way i'm sorry my dog is knocking on the door can you hear that yes that is my dog being desperate because she's hearing me that i'm here in the room recording and she wants to come here hold on one second all right let's get back also living with an alcoholic parent 
or an addict at home uh, can be a form of abandonment. And let me explain to you why. Because there is no structure. There is no, okay, my father is coming at 10 or coming at 11. We don't never know when he's coming. You know, there is no structure. There is no birthday parties planned because the addiction has taken over the person so much that everything kind of um, goes around with what what mood they're in you know uh and if they, they have a hang, hangover the next day then they're completely absent so definitely feels as abandonment for a child now we see it all over youtube now we see it all over social media you know they record two parents in a car completely high completely drunk some some feel it looks like they're overdosed and the child is in the back seat either crying or some of them have learned to soothe themselves and they're coping with their reality they're like this is my everyday bread you know and it's a very sad reality and yes that is a form of abandonment another big form of complex trauma is definitely abuse in its many forms which is physical abuse emotional abuse and the most horrible one for me is definitely sexually sexual abuse um so physical abuse a child who is being bullied in school a child that comes home to a drunken to a drunken father uh uh, a child whose mom has anger management issues and uh, is constantly bursting into anger and beats them up, beats their children up. So the child is under stress and not knowing, uh, okay, I don't know when this time bomb is going to explode. I don't know when my dad is going to come home drunk and beat me up. I don't know if I, if I go out this hallway in school and my bullies are going to be out there. So there's this stress that the child endures for a period of time, right? So that is physical abuse emotion emotional abuse is definitely those harsh words at home that father that uh, whatever you do it's never enough so it doesn't doesn't encourage you with its words but it's always cursing you know uh latinos tend to say this horrible word uh just starts with C and you know they call you like that instead of calling you by your name you know hey see you this and you blah 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 and, and um, you know if the ch the father is calling you stupid or burro or you're so dumb you're so tonto you know those types of um, ways those are emotional abuse and another form of emotional abuse is definitely withdrawing the parent who is constantly leaving or the parent who is absent. Perhaps the dad is there, but is never there, you know, just watching TV or in the back doing something in the yard. And I'm not present here. Uh, I'm just going to give you your basic needs. I'm paying the rent. So don't bother me anymore. That is uh, withdrawing and emotional abuse because the child does not feel uh, uh, that they can they can have someone to trust in. Another form of um, emotional abuse I remember reading by Stormy O'Martian and in this oh my goodness you need to read her book. She has the whole series, um, the power of prayer, the power of a, a praying wife, the power of praying mom and stuff like that. Okay so in her book she shares how she lived with a um, an abusive mom but she believes her mom had a mental health problem. I don't remember if it was schizophrenia or bipolar dis uh, disorder, but um, she would hide Stormy in a closet. Stormy would live in the closet. You imagine that? And, and constantly yelling at her, hitting her, all types of other abuse. But if a parent has mental health issues, you know, narcissistic disorder or bipolar disorder, any other disorder, and is raising a child, you know, all of their mental health problems are being projected to the child. And that is the form of emotional abuse and continuing with the forms of abuse now we have sexual abuse and i believe that this one is a terrible one because the child feels hopeless the child feels they cannot trust 
in anyone, especially if the predator is the father or uh, someone close at home, you know, the uncle, the the one friend that um, they thought they can always trust. You know, that uncle that comes with gifts for Christmas and is so nice to everybody or that grandpa that everybody loves, you know, everybody respects. And so the child feels, oh my goodness, I can't speak up. I could never because it will be my fault if I speak up because it will be my fault that we are no longer together, right? So they have the weight of the of this responsibility on their shoulders, but in reality, they are being destroyed. Their childhood is being destroyed by this predator. Now, working with children, um, I remember hearing these stories in it happens a lot in our Latino community where the child actually speaks up, right? And says, mom, I have been abused by my uncle or my father or, or, or whoever in the home, in the home. And I have been going through this and it's been happening for a while. So the mom immediately, well, gets sad and tries to solve it uh, somehow with the child, you know. Oh, I'm sorry this happened to you. Uh, but then that's it. You know, we won't talk about it anymore. You know, uh, yes, the mom is a little cautious at the beginning. But then the family kind of continues to gather together. You know, uh, we don't want to separate the family. We want to continue the tradition of coming together every Christmas, every birthday. So the child is left with unresolved issues. Nobody is uh, talking about it. Nobody is confronting my predator. Nobody is going to say a word to this guy. So the child feels hopeless. They can no longer trust anybody. I trusted my mom and she didn't do anything you know, or uh, it's even horrible because I do know that predators tend to um, be that a lot of times, not all the time, but uh, tend to be the life of the party, that person that everybody loves and respects. Um, So it's very difficult for a child. The child then uh, learns to, okay, well, if my mom is not saying anything, I won't say anything. So they lived all their lives with this unresolved issue. But keeping going with this whole abusive uh, sexual abuse, there is also that child who was abused for a period of time. And um, thank goodness the mother believed them, but then they didn't talk about it. You know, uh, they kind of solved it when they were little and then the mom doesn't want to say anything about it. Right. Uh, but then it comes into nightmares. It comes into, uh, wait, I, I, re- I have this, this memory of me being abused. I, ha- I have this thing of me being abused and, and, you know, your mom is trying to protect you so much from it, but, um, but then it comes all into light, uh, and it's such a horrible experience. Uh, there, there are actually many stories of children who were abused when they were little and they didn't know they didn't really understood why they had all those horrible dreams until their parents told them the real story so uh and i know it's because a lot of the parents want to protect their children i i get it i get it but um that is definitely a scary uh, scenario for a child to to think uh that they are dirty that why am i having this horrible uh, dreams. Why? Why do I have experienced these things? Uh, I don't. I don't watch nasty things on TV. Why am I having these horrible memories? You know. Well, the child grows up confused as into why I'm having all of these horrible feelings. You know, when that uncle or when that uh, a family member comes around, I cannot be around them. I get, I get so uncomfortable. I start sweating, palpitating. What is going on? Right. So. Um, the child grows up confused and it is very important I think for the parent to uh, speaks up talks to the child okay so let's move on to another form of complex trauma if you have stayed all this time congratulations you deserve a little star (laughs) um so reward yourself with something (laughs) thank you so much for listening tuning in we're gonna go right into the next um form of complex trauma and the next form of complex trauma it is not meeting basic needs. And what is that? Okay, so 
you know, besides food and shelter and clothing, you know, there are other emotional needs. You know, we have love, we have understanding. If the child feels that the parent is always withdrawing, you know, again, you hear this a lot. Oh, my mom never hugs me. I know my mom loves me, but she's just not a hugger. Or I know my dad loves me, but he doesn't say it. But I know he loves me. Okay, so those are basic needs, you know, communication. I know that when I love, I will be, I love you. I love you, man. I love you. My sister, I love you. I love everybody. So I'm constantly, you know, speaking about it. But when a child uh, is raised with a parent who does not communicate, uh, they are not meeting that basic need of feeling loved, right? Of feeling uh, accepted somehow. Am I doing right? Because my dad is always on this mode. I don't know if I made him proud or not because he won't say it. He won't speak about it. I don't know if my mom is upset or or not upset. Um, so they grow up with a parent who does not communicate well what they feel. Okay. If I'm angry or I'm upset or maybe they only communicate when they're upset. Okay, so that is a basic need. Another basic need is to feel accepted. And and to feel accepted, you must be understood. Because if they cannot understand you and you try to speak up, then there is pr a problem. Okay, so you're in you're having dinner at home and on the table and everybody is around the table, right? So you're having a thought, you, you want to say something, your day has gone wrong and you want to speak up. Your parents immediately tell you, shut up, this cannot, you cannot say what you're thinking because it is wrong. Ay, que malcriado, right? Que, que, que atrevido, why do you say that? How dare you, right? So, and, and afterwards, there is no pep talk, there is no, hey, listen, I had to do that because we were in front of guests. You know, I'm sorry you felt this way and I understand you and I know what you mean. Blah, blah, blah. No, it's their way or the highway. So the child starts developing this way of thinking that I must be flawed. There is something wrong with me because every time I want to speak up, they're shutting me up. There must be something um, uh, about me that is wrong, right? And so the little child becomes a little flyer, somebody who starts creating their own community within their friends, um, starts coping by um, by exiting that scene. You know, I am not accepted at home. There must be something wrong with me or there must be something wrong with them. I need to go find my own kind, right? But before we get into the different ways of uh, of coping, Right. I just want to say if you've gotten this far. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations. You are amazing. Yes, we've learned so much. Um, perhaps you have identified yourself with some of these issues. Right. I think perhaps maybe in a subtle way, we have all been affected by complex trauma um, because especially in the Latino community. And this is my my Latinx community. <laughs> um, because our parents did not have parenting skills. They did not. They did not have the resources that we have now, right? They did not have that class, that workshop. They were, it's kind of like the old school, right? Whatever comes, I'm just having children here. I, I, I'm feeding them, I'm clothing them, they have shelter. I cannot worry about their emotions, right? So that is all left to the side. This is why we have such a horrible pandemic now of mental health issues now in this era. Okay, so now getting into the topic of coping with complex trauma coping mechanisms okay so how does a complex trauma child cope okay so we have three fight flight and freeze let's say that again fight flight and freeze if you suffer from anxiety most likely you've heard this term but let's get a little bit deeper okay so the fighter is that little kid probably you've seen it 
I come from the Plainfields. Hello. Hello to the hood. <laughs> uh, North Plainfield. Go Canucks. So I remember being in, in lunch. And then all of a sudden, my lunch is flying in the air. Because two guys would jump on the table to fight. And that same kid that was fighting there is flipping tables in the classroom, hitting lockers in the hallway, pushing everybody, just being upset and angry at the world. You know, it was that kid that you don't get too close to. You just smile because you don't want them to beat you up. Um, but yes, that's definitely a fighter. You can recognize them now, you know, if they, they have aged uh, as that one person that goes into rage in public right and they are in walmart fighting over toilet paper we have seen those videos that have gone viral they are that person that's going into rage in public because that's the way they learn how to cope with their frustration they were a fighter so um you see those now and you're like what why are you acting like you're two years old because they were triggered so it took them back to wait i must fight i am not going to get hurt again i am not gonna let anyone step over me i'm not gonna let anyone abuse me so i must fight so they're constantly on that oof, that edge right so with this coping mechanisms the person is living off their limbic brain which is the part of the brain that holds our emotions that type of thing that just very impulsive uh part of our brain and i don't want to get too much into it because it is a lot of information and perhaps i'll do another episode but oh my goodness you are recognizing oh girl oh my gosh i didn't know because that's that's why I, I am the way that I am. I didn't know. And now we're bringing some light into the situations and why you are acting that way. Um, so the fighter is living off their limbic brain. Okay, their emotions constantly because they were when they were little, they suffer a long period of time. So much abuse, uh, negligence, and all of the above, the ones that we just mentioned. So um, they learn to cope by always being on guard, always being under stress. So their limbic brain was throwing all sorts of uh, happy feelings. You know, let's do this. Okay, we need that um, adrenaline to go on. We need that cortisol to go on. So it's an ex a constant uh, exposure of, of this. Uh, chemicals in our brain that does not do not help very much because we are always living off that part and not so much our cortex brain which is the mature part which is the part that helps us uh, think better reasoning right and uh, a lot of these adults nowadays actually never develop this part of their brain completely because they only learn to live off their emotions but let's continue uh if you are interested if this kind of a whoa okay let's talk about it send me a little dm leave a message we need that other podcast we need to learn okay and we're gonna learn together hey listen i'm also learning as well i am reading and as i i learn i will be sharing what i'm learning and um and hopefully in another episode, I will explain a little bit of my story and how I cope with it, okay? And what has helped me. So let's go back to now the flyer. The flyer is that little child that you see in the neighborhood that is always going around from house to house, uh, just waiting in your yard for you to come out and play. You know, is that kid that's always over for dinner, you know, because there is so much chaos in their own home you know perhaps they don't have a warm meal to go back home to so being at somebody else's home is it's it's way better than being at home so it's a little flyer it's the one that that kid actually when they grow up they're like oh danger danger dad is come drunk uh from work so i better get out of here right and they fly they're like i'm a, and you know what they develop this um so much that when they turn teens they're like oh i know that is coming drunk so they don't even wait to see the danger they just leave without it without even feeling it why in the world am i gonna wait for my dad to come no i'm leaving now 
I don't even want to know about it because it's always the same thing, right? So it's that little flyer. Also, the flyer is that one person that emotionally withdraws, right? They hide into their video games. They hide into with friends. They create an alter reality or uh, another community somehow to cope with their pain, okay? Uh, that flyer, we can recognize it now with the person that uh, has had many relationships because when they feel under stress, they are like, I'm outie, I'm outie, I cannot cope with this. This is too much to handle. I cannot have, I have been triggered, so I must run away. Okay, so, and perhaps I will do another episode again, going more into detail and talk about it more. Um, and I will break it into parts, but I'm just giving a whole thing right now. So to see if you are interested, if this is something that we, oh my goodness, girl, we needed to shine light into this. Okay, so now next we have the freeze. Freeze is that quiet child, the, the child that won't say a word. We perhaps can recognize or can go back to recognize in our classroom, the child that won't say anything. My mom used to tell me, you know what, those are the kids you should be afraid of because you know the fighter there's a warning coming when they're when they're coming there's like warning 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 they're coming right uh with the child that is quiet there is no warning it's it's like a time bomb anytime it can explode anytime they are going to burst with anger now we can recognize those kids as those kids as the ones that have uh we've had so many shootings in our country and those are the kids you hear the witnesses say, but he was so quiet. He wouldn't say a word. He was all to himself, just playing video games, right? So the child who has unresolved issues and is coped by freezing, it is so difficult to get to a child like this. I know that uh, those are the children that take the longer to recover. Not, it's not, I'm not saying it's impossible. Um, but it is, it is a journey because first they have to learn to open up. And in order to open up, they just, they're just so afraid. All of those memories, all of the things that I try to put away that I've learned to cope with by just hiding in my own reality. And you're telling me that I have to confront it. It's been my enemy for years, right? So it's a big, oh my goodness, it's a big step. And, but it is possible. It is possible. And I pray that God, surrounds you with people who love you and with people who are willing to come along in your journey of mental health it is possible uh, we have a wonderful god who loves us who is there for us has not forsaken us and knows your struggles okay and knows your pain i have to add that i've met a few people who cope with complex trauma by freezing and once you get to know them once you get to just talk to them and see what they're they're really about, you can honestly be a beautiful, wonderful person who has been so hurt and broken. And the only way to cope with all this pain is by freezing it, by not talking about it, by not remembering. It's the monster I can never, right? And I know it's a long journey from here, but take one day at a time. It is possible. Okay, so now that we have covered a lot of the complex trauma and, and the coping mechanisms, not all of the complex trauma, though, I will have to say, I wanted to touch a little ground, but not so much. But I wanted to have something to, to build up from, you know, to see, okay, this is something that had so much shade, so much uh, darkness. There is no light into this subject, okay? But I am trying to do that and i know that in some communities i remember for about six years i couldn't speak about it once one time i tried to open up about it and the community i belonged in made me feel as if there was something wrong with me, which i think there we are all coping with something right um but because of that i carried so much shame uh i just felt that perhaps everybody else in my home was wrong but me Okay, and you know what? Maybe that could be you. You haven't identified with anything. Hey, I'm having anxiety attacks, but this is so not me. This is so not, not 
who this is not the problem that I'm confronting nowadays. And that reminds me so much of me because I think I endured so much therapy because I was in denial for so many years. I didn't want to admit the fact that I was so broken because it meant that I wasn't good enough. And that's the shame the enemy wants to give us. You know, uh, I carry so much shame. I would say, oh, no, my sister is the one or my sibling has the problem. But me, you know, I have all this knowledge and all these tools. So now that's that's not me. But then when I really understood, like, wait a second. Wait, wait a minute. I am so broken. I am so hurt. I have been so hurt. It gave me ground to start, one, accepting that, yes, I have been broken, one. Two, then if I am bleeding, I have to get healed. So it is a process. It's kind of like AA, uh, Alcoholic Anonymous. You know, you have to go into a room and say, hello, my name is, and I am an alcoholic. So you have to accept, okay, first off, yes. There must be something wrong. Something was wrong in my childhood. And this is why, I, because it is such an unresolved issue, perhaps that's why I am acting the way that I am, or I am having this anxiety or whatever you are struggling with today. A lot of addiction too. You know, a lot of the people who um, can cope, period. I mean, it's just so much to bear with the pain, you know. They become addicts because they need to soothe the pain with something. So in reality, the problem is not the addiction. It's not the drugs or the alcohol. It's really the problem is more the root of it all, which is in the heart. It's uh, those unresolved issues. Now, what does the Bible, what does God have to say about this? Is there such thing as complex trauma in the Bible? Let me tell you something. Yes, there is. And a lot of it, a whole lot of it. But let's, uh, let me tell you a story about this kid. His name is David. And he's about 14 to 17 years old, somewhere around there. And in the town of Israel, Saul, which was the king, was not obedient to God. So God is like, uh-uh, boy, you need to go. So they, um, Samuel, which is the prophet, uh, has orders from God. You need to remove him, go and anoint another king because I am done with Saul, right? So he gets up and he goes to anoint a new king. He goes to the house of Jesse. And in the house of, of Jesse, he's like, call all your children. And he sees this tall man coming in and he's like, oh, my goodness, this is definitely the new king, you know, so handsome, so strong. Right. And and God is like, no, nah, that's not the king. You see the appearance. I see the heart. OK, he calls every single child until Samuel says, wait. God told me to come and anoint the king. There must be another child. It's not like Jesse was, wait a second, I have this other kid. Don't worry. No. Samuel mentioned it. Do you have another child? There is. Oh, yes. There is this other child I have. Let me tell you. Oh, but don't worry. He's in the, he's taking care of the sheep. You know, he's just in the backyard. I mean, in reality, it's a desert. Okay. And far from home. Um. And this is where David spent tons of hours, tons of days, a load of days, hiding away. He was not even invited at the table. He was not a guest when other guests came. It was believed that David was the result of an affair, so he was a bastard. This is why he was not at the table. He was not welcome at the table. I can imagine that the brothers did not accept him. He was rejected by his father. You know, 
put in the wilderness if you read the psalms you can read all of this he says i was born in sin oh my goodness you gotta love david right because he i was in the wilderness but you were there with me god right he had to fight with lions and bears all that fear that that complex trauma all that constant fear that i am i am under stress because I am alone, I have to fetch for myself. My father is abandoned me, right? And you can see that later on when he goes to deliver some food to his brothers. They are at the camp about to fight Goliath, right? And he's taking them food because I guess they didn't have anyone else to send. So their father said, go take some food to them. And when he arrived, their brothers were like, what are you doing here? So it was that that horrible attitude towards him, that rejection, that constant fear that he had to endure. Um, you can see a lot of complex trauma right there, right? But what does God say about that? God sees us. God has never forsaken us. David wrote this in one of his Psalms. And he says, David wrote this in one of his psalms, and it's a prayer of faith or a, prayer, a cry for help. Lord, bend down to listen to my prayer. I am in deep trouble. I'm broken and humbled and desperately need your help. Guard my life, for I am faithful. I am your faithful friend, your loyal servant for life. I turn to you in faith, my God, my hero. Come and rescue me. Lord God, hear my constant cry for help. Show me your favor and bring me to your fountain of grace. And I know, I know many of us have cried this same prayer over and over. And, and he's seen you. He has not forsaken you i know he has heard you and perhaps this podcast right here is one answer i know that my faith helped me through okay my complex drama my recovery but it went my faith my therapy and some method David said this in one of his psalms, God, my God, come and save me. These floods of trouble have risen higher and higher. The water is up to my neck. I'm sinking into the mud with no place to stand, and I am about to drown in this storm. I'm weary, exhausted with weeping. My throat is dried. My voice is gone. My eyes are swollen with sorrow, and I am waiting for you. God, come through for me have we ever does this sound familiar actually have we ever say the same exact word yes he was under a lot of stress you can hear or you can read the anxiety in each word that he said perhaps the only way you have coped with uh this uh, complex trauma and all the pain is by finding refuge in God. And oh, let me tell you, that is the best thing you could have done. That is the best gift. I know that in my own life, I I can tell you many times where I have seen God's hand. When I tell my story, when I'm talking, I'm like, God was there. Oh my goodness. And I just start tearing because I'm just so overwhelmed with the joy of how much God has loved me. Yet, trauma wants to silence you trauma silence people trauma tells them trauma lets you know that you are not good enough that there is something wrong with me i cannot talk i must isolate myself nobody can know what is going on there is too much shame around it i cannot speak about it and that is what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants to bring shame in your life, tell you you are not good enough like he did. But we're going to talk about shame some other day. But after bringing shame, he wants to isolate you and keep you in darkness. But we're not going to let it. We're not going to allow that to happen. The Bible says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And my dear friend, Kathy Huber, always tells me this. Speak truth in love. 
right? And perhaps you need to be, you need to listen to truth or you need to speak truth to somebody, but not just yet, okay? Don't go, don't go causing any, any, any problems because first we must get healed in order to hold some people accountable. Hey, mom, listen, you know, when I was younger, you know, but that comes with time. Dr. Diane Landberg, she is a therapist and I, I really like her as well. She says to reverse trauma, there are three things that need to happen. And these are the three things, okay? They, they, she calls it the three T's. Talk, tears, and time. Talk about the problem. Say what is the problem. What happened? How did that make you feel? What were the emotions that were going, what was going on? And perhaps tons of tears because it's so hard to go back. It's so hard to just even mention it. Nobody knows. Nobody knows about this kept secret. Oh, I, I learned to forget it, right? So tears will come. Time, because it's not going to be overnight. This was not your easy fix or, or your podcast filled with... Tons of tips on how to stop your panic attack. I know, I know, but I will tell you something. Um, some time ago, okay, I went to the dermatologist. Well, first my primary doctor because I had a horrible rash. And the doctor referred me to a dermatologist. The dermatologist, mm, that does not look like something with this. This looks like an allergy. Went to the allergist. The allergist said, mm, it does look like an allergy. Okay, so he, she gave me an ointment to go home with, okay? But it was temporary. She said, no, we got to go to the root of it. What, what's causing that? Tons of tests, horrible tests. Oh, my gosh, the worst everything. Tons of um, needles going in my body, and I was itching all night, and ugh, most horrible thing I ever had to endure. And they discovered that I, w I was allergic to a lot of things, which I knew some, but not the rest of the things that were causing my allergy. Same thing, same thing. The tips or the ways of coping with a panic attack, okay, they are all temporary. They, they will stop a panic attack, yes, but then you will get it again the next week or the next time you are triggered, and we don't want that. We want it to end. We want it to, okay, I've learned this. This is good for me. I need to move on from here, okay? It was a season of my life, but I overcame in Jesus' name, and God can do that for you. God is your healer. He can heal heal that okay so we will you come along will you come along in this journey as we learn together if you have questions please dm me hey if you want to talk to somebody let's talk let's have you know i was i was thinking of starting um, like a tea time type of thing on my instagram and because i don't drink coffee i know but if you if you suffer from panic attacks you know coffee is the devil <laughs> So I, I don't drink coffee. It's just something that I learned while I was going through that. It, it just stuck with me. Um, so, so my friends, my sweet, sweet friends, I, we learned so much today. I hope you come along with me for the next podcast. I am your friend Suhey. Hope this was inf uh, loaded with information and tons of knowledge. If you have questions. I am here for you. I am here to pray along with you. And let's go. I love you all. Take care. I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, I just said take care. And I'm like, wait a second. I, I am done. I am done. Can I say something and celebrate this small victory with you? I procrastinate a lot because I am such a perfectionist. I am just confession time. This is an extra. You could have just ended before. But uh, as I have been learning, and perhaps this is another podcast, uh, there's the Enneagram. And I learned that I was a type one and what it meant to be in the reformer, which is a perfectionist and what the perfectionist means. It was all fear. It was all fear. So as I am... Uh, 
confessing time here. This is confessing to you guys. I just want to celebrate this victory because I put so much buts and ifs and perhaps, yes, a lot of things I mispronounced and I, a lot of other things, but I just wanted to celebrate along with you. Tell me you will be coming along okay leave me a message on here the hopefully i can upload it to apple support share share okay visit my page press like share to you know that's that's the only way we are going to be able to spread some light okay love you so much this time i'm out god bless bye